All right, all right, all right. Oh, I'm on the wrong screen here. What's up, guys? What's up, folks? How's it going out there? Podcast land, it's been a little while. It's been a little while. I tell you what, I don't even know what episode we're on, to be honest with you. I think it's uh, 211, maybe. 311 would be cool, right? But I think it's 211, maybe 212. I don't know. I'm a little disheveled. Um, I'm sitting here in my long underwear, as a matter of fact, but... Man, do I have some uh, some talking to do? We're going to try and make it quick because um, uh, you'll realize something here as I go through. But I just listed something on Marketplace, and I'm getting a lot of hits on it already. So I want to get this video done and try and get back to this thing and see what I can figure out. But welcome to the show, guys. Uh, I am Brian Dales. I am your host of Craft Conversations. I'm sorry it's been so long. We've been away from each other for too long, to be honest. Um. Thanks for being here, by the way. I'm going to turn you around here one second. I'm just going to show you um, if I can get my finger out of the damn way. I'm going to show you Miss Cutie Pie right there. Hey, say hey, Cutie Pie. We're over here in the hotel. She's uh, got her blanket all spread out, or I got it spread out for her, and uh, she's just having a good time over there. If you take a look behind me, I've got all the stuff, all the things out of my truck. Oh, I can't even orientate this camera, but all the things out of my truck. The bed of the truck and the interior of the truck are now in the hotel. Uh, if we pay them this way past Cutie Pie, there's my my kayak and my paddles and a couple of other things over in that corner. So everything that I own that was in the truck is now out of the truck. Well, why, why have you emptied your truck all the way out? Uh, you might ask yourself. Uh, you might be asking yourself and you might be asking me, um, why have you emptied the truck. Well, and this is a makeshift studio, by the way. I'm at the Best Western. God damn, I don't even know where to start with this whole story. Basically, I'm in the Best Western um, Hotel right now in Junction, Texas. I was about, I don't know how far I am now, about 300 miles from, 300-ish um, miles from the New Mexico border, which is where I was headed. Uh, we are in Junction, Basically, I started off on a road trip last Thursday. It's almost been a week. It's been five days, as a matter of fact. And the journey was uh, supposed to take off, and it was supposed to go from South Carolina, Somerville, where I was, where I was, and I was going all the way out to Arizona to begin with. And, you know, of course, I had planned stops along the way. I'm a member of Harvest Host. As, as many of you know, I live in a, in a travel trailer pretty much full time. My entire life, uh, everything I own is in my travel trailer and in my truck at the moment. Well, in, in this hotel, uh, some of it as well right now, but <laughs> we'll get around to that. We'll get there. Uh, stay tuned. Pay attention. So what happened? Well, I left Somerville, South Carolina uh, last Thursday. I'm not sure what the date was on that. I think the 11th. It was 111. I, I do remember that now. So I left there in my first location. I'm a member of Harvest Host. So what that means is... Um, I'm grandfathered in. I pay 80 bucks a year for this membership to Harvest Host. And what Harvest Host does is they provide <clears throat> overnight stays, uh, no hookups. You have to be self-contained like I am with, the, you know, your own water and power and, and bathroom and all that kind of stuff. But they provide an overnight stay free of charge just by being a member of Harvest Host. And a lot of these businesses have signed up and they provide these services and what they get in return they don't have to pay to be a member of Harvest Host, but what they get in return is they get uh, hopefully more customers, uh, overnight stayers that will purchase some of their some of their products, some of their wares, whatever. So what that in entails with my membership, the basic membership is uh, breweries, wineries, um, 
breweries, wineries, distilleries, farms, museums, um, a couple of just weird things, right? Uh, the, the main thing that I use, obviously, is this is a show loosely still about craft beer, is I use it for the, the breweries. So what I had planned out was pretty much breweries, overnight stays for free, free, you know, you still got to purchase some things, but it's, it comes out cheaper in the long run, all the way across the country to Arizona. So I started off my first night in, uh, damn it, I can't remember the name of the town now. The The brewery is for Folklore Brewing Company. I was in, I can look it up, uh, stand by. Folklore Brewing Company is in Brewing, uh, Folklore Brewing and Meadery is in Dothan, Alabama. So my first night showed up at Dothan, Alabama, uh, humongous parking area. There's a spot for three. They actually had electricity that you could hook up to for 15 bucks a night, which is fantastic. You know, most uh, campgrounds you go to, you're going to spend at least 30 bucks. Uh, most times, more times than not, somewhere above 40 and upwards of $150 a night, depending on where you're staying. But you do have some different amenities. But so I got the, I, I paid the 15 bucks for the hookup. And then I was able to go into the brewery. They had tons of beer on tap. They had a small kitchen. Their main kitchen was closed that night, but they had a small kitchen still serving some wings and pizza and, um, I don't know, cheese sticks and just, you know, stuff like that. Um, I had uh, a dozen wings, <clears throat> tons of beer. Of course, you can use their bathroom and they've got water and other sorts of drinks if you don't drink alcohol. Uh, nice dog park, a nice outdoor area. It was too cold for the outdoor area. Uh, the night before, they had just had some live music. Uh, so, you know, they got all the stuff. Had a bunch of games laying around. You could play games, um, socialize, whatever. There was another Harvest Host member there. He and his wife that had just left um, Missouri, and they were on their way down to Florida. So they made that stop. So I had some good conversations with them. Anyway, that was the first night. So Dothan, Alabama, we left out of Dothan and went the next night. What's cutie looking at? Oh, the, the heater just came on back there. So uh, you can see the... The, uh, the blinds over there moving. We left Dothan, Alabama, and we had a stay in Covington, Louisiana. We went to Abita Springs, or it was outside of Abita Springs. The original brewery for Abita Brewing Company is in Abita Springs, and they outgrew that original location. They moved a few miles up the road to Covington, got a, a much bigger location. I mean, this thing's huge. It's probably, I don't know, twice, three times the size interior-wise, as the Abita Springs location. Again, a huge parking lot. They had a space for five RVs. No problem pulling in and out. Uh, no hookups at this one, but it was a nice gravel area. Nice and level. Uh, stayed the night there. Hung out with the, the guys on the inside. Cutie. All these places are usually pet-friendly. Cutie was in there all night with me. Everybody was coming up and, and loving on, on Miss Cutie Pie. Nobody loved on me. I, I just want to say, but they all loved on Cutie Pie. I, I didn't get any pets or kisses, and nobody sat on the floor with me or any of that stuff. <laughs> but had some great beers there. Um, did not eat. I went back to the trailer and made some stuff out of the trailer. They didn't have any food or a food truck or anything that particular day. This was on a Friday evening. Um, they were going to have some food truck and some entertainment and stuff over the weekend. Holiday weekend, obviously. 
left Abita Springs uh, the next morning on that Saturday, and we had another reservation set up in Houston, Texas, uh, right, right in downtown Houston, Texas, a place called Equal Parts Brewing Company. So went down there, stayed the night at Equal Parts. Again, a nice, huge gravel lot, easy to get in, easy to get out. Uh, no backing up, none of that bullshit that you sometimes have to do at these places. And um, <clears throat> no hookups or anything there. Went inside, they had the uh, the championship uh, wild card games going on. Big uh, projection uh, projector projecting up on the, on the nice wall there. They had uh, very clean bathrooms. Lots of people on the inside, tons of great beer. Uh, we were the only dog in there that night as well, uh, as well as Abita. Um, Folklore Brewing Company, there was a couple dogs, a couple other dogs. Um, so Equal Parts Brewing, probably so far the best brewery that, that we've been to so far. Abita was fantastic. They've all been great, but beer-wise, uh, Equal Parts just, uh, they threw it down. They had some really, really good beer and a lot of it, so... Drank all the beer, um, pretty much closed the place down, went back to the trailer, slept overnight, had a, had a train that uh, went by pretty much all night long, which was fine, but you know, a little train horn honking kind of reminded me of, of being out on the Mississippi River because the, the train line pretty much follows the Mississippi all the way down to the Gulf. So we had a train almost every night that we camped, there was a train uh, with train horns going off. So that was kind of a, a cool nostalgia thing for me. Let's see, we left Houston, Texas, and the weather had started to pull in. Some of this weather that everybody has, has been seeing, you know, cold temperatures and freezing rain and, and frost and snow coming in. <clears throat> so I, I beat that for the most part. I went through some rain and some wind getting down to Alabama and through Louisiana. But uh, to Houston was just a beautiful day. And then we left Houston to go to Comfort, Texas, which was the kinematic brewing company it was actually on a farm i can't remember the name of the farm off the top of my head started going over there the temperature started dropping pretty pretty heavily by the time we got into comfort it was it was well into the to the 20s already with a windshield uh down into the high teens huge i mean this is the, the biggest lot I've, I've had so far in a harvest host but this was a huge huge field that i mean you could have parked Easily 100 RVs out there, without a doubt. Again, no hookups, super flat, um, not grass, you know, not wet, no water, anything. Very, very nice uh, dry ground. Pulled in, got got a little bit leveled. I had to level a little bit on the on the passenger side. Got all all squared away. Got uh, through the ball a little bit with Cutie Pie in that large field. Let her exercise a little bit. Got all dressed up and, and ready and started walking up to the brewery. You had to go through a little fence and up a, a little set of uh, homemade stairs into this little back area, which was fantastic. Back area, huge stage they had out there, a bunch of Adirondack chairs, picnic tables, um, huge, beautiful trees. Very nice area. Obviously, way too cold for anybody to be outside. So I didn't see anyone. I figured everybody's going to be on the inside. The brewery is supposed to be open from one to six. And all these have been approved, by the way, through Harvest Host. You have to request these reservations. So I, I, I had requested and everything had been approved, you know, through text and through email. So I started walking up to the brewery. I'm taking some pictures because I always post pictures and let everybody know where I'm staying and kind of give them a feel of my journey. And people like to play along. 
Walk up to the brewery, uh, pull on the door. The door does not open. The door is locked. I peek in the window. It is dark as can be in there. There's, there's nothing going on. So I end up uh, texting the host on the app, and then I called the, the host number. It, it, it went straight to the brewery. I got the answer machine at the brewery, uh, left a message. I finally get a text back from the, because there was supposed to be some weather. If you follow me along on, follow along with me on uh, Facebook and on Instagram, you would see that I posted that the weather was going to get just treacherous. There was supposed to be some freezing rain and frost coming through. The roads were going to be icy. The wind chill was going to be hellacious down in the single digits. Anyway, uh, I finally get a message back from the brewery. Sorry, we made the decision uh, at the last minute to close because of the uh, the tearing weather that was coming through. I thought we had contacted all of our guests. I guess I missed somebody. I apologize. Please feel free to stay on the on the land. Um, stay safe, stay warm, those type things. So, so all right. Um, what can you do? I mean, you know, shit changes. Weather changes. Things, plans change. Things happen. Whatever. You go with the flow, right? Wu Wei, as they say. Go with the flow. So we go back to the trailer. Um, I had a little bit of a, a trickle of charge on my new batteries. You got you really got to recharge those things nightly uh, by hooking up to a landline, land power, or uh, hooking up to your generator and kind of getting some real juice. The juice that you get trickling out of your you know your uh, your pin connection off the back of your vehicle to go that goes into your RV just gives it a little trickle charge to your batteries. So you really need to kind of plug in every night or every other night to, to keep a full charge on your battery. So the batteries were dwindling a little bit. I pulled the generator out and I carry a spare propane tank. So I, I plugged the generator in for about two hours, got some, uh, got some more juice going on the generator or on the battery just so I, I knew we would have enough juice in the batteries to run the, the blower for the heater, which is propane, but we have enough juice for the night to, to stay warm. Worked out perfectly. Uh, we still, you know, covered with about three blankets because I, I didn't want to run the heat too high. For one, I didn't want to get too hot. When it cuts on, it, get, it can get a little hot and then it cuts off and then it gets a little cool again. But, and also I didn't want to use too much battery power on and off. So I just, I, I set it at a pretty low temperature setting and, and just dealt with it with some blankets we just cuddled up together. Uh, of course, fixed my own meal there in the trailer. Again, I got stuff that I can fix. Uh, carnivore friendly. Rawr, matter of fact. And uh, what else? So woke up the next morning bright and early because we had a 370-mile drive to Hobbs, New Mexico. We were going to finally leave Texas and go into Mexico that day. So left early. And I uh, wanted to make sure we got a good jump on the day. And, and I knew the weather was going to be a little treacherous. So we wanted to, to get out and just kind of get on the road. It was a holiday yesterday. It was Martin Luther King Day. So I knew traffic wasn't going to be too bad. We uh, gassed up at a Love's gas station about five miles from where we were staying. <clears throat> Freezing cold temperatures. I mean, it was colder than a witch's, witch's tit, as they would say, right? Or as a... Uh, what else do they say? Cold as uh, Deborah Pietrofesso's face, I think they say. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Deb, Deb. Don't get mad at me. Paul, tell her to calm down, okay? I thought it was funny. It took me all day. I was thinking about that all day. I was going to use that line. I, didn't, I wasn't going to say face. The reason I was going to say or Deborah Pietrofesso's tip, but um, face just came out. I'm sorry. 
Um, I'll get in trouble. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for that. So we left. Uh, I don't know. I was going to go to the next Love's gas station, which was about 100 miles, and, and read and re gas up. We start. We're about halfway in between there, maybe 50, mil, 50 miles in. I'm going, at, I'm going 20 miles an hour at least under the speed limit because I can see that there's, you know, it looks like the roads may be a little slippery. I've gone over a few bridges. I've, I've had both hands on the wheel. I'm, I'm real cautious. I'm, I'm staying steady and not, uh, you know, twisting and turning. I'm not changing lanes. I'm staying in one lane, taking all the precautions I can take as much as you can. And uh, I get on this one stretch of road right around Mountain Home, Texas, and I look over into the median and I see a couple overturned vehicles. As a matter of fact, when we left the farm that morning in comfort, there was an overturned uh, travel trailer in the median of, of the Interstate 10. And there was a semi tractor trailer on the other side of Interstate 10 going east that had overturned as well. So that must have happened sometime during the night or early morning. So that was already maybe a, a forewarning that I should have taken and, and just hunkered down somewhere and waited to the midday or something. But anyway, I didn't. Going through Mountain Home, I see I see another vehicle in the middle of the road, an overturned pickup truck. A little further down, I see another overturned uh, vehicle in the median. And I'm like, holy shit. So I'm being real cautious. I got both hands on the wheel. I'm staying, you know, right around 60, a little bit below 60. The speed limit's 80 miles an hour. It's not too windy. I'm not getting blown all over the place. I'm just staying nice and steady, you know, uh, white knuckling it down this road. Still staying in one lane. I'm not changing lanes. If somebody's wants to come around me, go around me. I'm not. I'm not moving. If somebody's in front of me, I just slow down. I'm not. I'm not changing lanes. All of a sudden, we come upon a hill. Uh, we're probably gaining about 1,500 feet on this drive of the of the trip. We we're already at about 1,600 feet and we were going up to about 3,600 feet or somewhere around there in Hobbs, New Mexico and started going up a hill. And to get up the hill, I had to give it a little more gas. And when I did that, it downshifted into a fourth gear out of fifth gear. And on that downshift, the only thing I can think of on that downshift, just a, a little bit of pull, you know, on the downshift, it, it gave a little pull and the trailer just got just a little bit of shimmy to it. And that's all it took, man. I'm going up that hill. The road must have been a little icy. It wasn't real tra well traveled, so it ices even more. The uh, the police officer said, you know, if it's not well traveled, it doesn't stay heated up, and, and it just ices over more. So since it was a holiday and not too many people were traveling, that was probably the case. Just that little bump on the gas, put a little bit of spin on the back of the trailer. It was enough to where it just... They got some momentum and just started swinging wider and wider, fishtailing out. Next thing I know, I'm trying to correct the trying to correct the fishtail in the back, and I'm almost taking myself into the on correction. Try, almost took myself into the median, and 100 percent for sure, no doubt about it. If I would have gone into that median, we would have the the the, the tractor the the travel trailer would have flipped over on its side. It would have probably taken me with it. We would have rolled down the, the, the hill into the median and probably flipped a couple times, if not at least once. Um, I corrected, pulled myself out of the median, <clears throat> pulled out. I felt like I was going to straighten back out true one last time. I was using the brakes. I was giving it gas. I was trying as hard as I could to press the tr to activate the trailer brakes separately. I'm steering, you know, in, in the opposite direction of the turn. I'm doing all these things that I can think of that I've learned 
over my many years of driving vehicles and what I've seen on Fast and the Furious and all, <laughs> all these all these shows, right? The drift and all this stuff, how to how to come out of a drift and whatever. None of that shit worked. Next thing I know, I'm going the opposite direction off of into the shoulder on the right hand side of the interstate. I pull off the shoulder, bam, there's a, a, a wall. Basically what used to be a mountain that they had cut through to make this interstate, probably, I don't know, 15 feet high, just a brick wall, a rock, a mountain, and just basically, here's my car, head on, bam, right into that rock. Of course, stopped very abruptly. I mean, a matter of... Uh, a millisecond, <laughs> that car was at a dead stop. Everything goes forward. Seatbelt grabs me. Um, the airbag was like one second too late because by the time the seatbelt grabbed me and it pulled me back in the seat, then the airbag popped. So I didn't even touch the airbag. The airbag never touched my face whatsoever. So a fail on the airbag for the Nissan Frontier. Uh, with the impact, you know, the sudden stop there into the, into the wall. All that energy transferred back to the trailer hitch that the that the travel trailer was connected to, and just imagine, if you will, that the here is the frame of the travel trailer, and you've got uh, you've got the the cab itself, you know, on top of the on top of the frame. Well, as soon as that energy hit The trailer itself that was connected to the hitch stayed still. It wasn't moving because it was it was attached to the to the truck and the truck had stopped. So the camper itself shifted forward on that frame about 12 inches at least. So basically the, the, the frame underneath came detached from the upper. And then the, the force of everything inside the trailer, you know, pushed forward. So a lot of stuff dislodged from the inside of the trailer. Everything I had in cabinets that I didn't have secured down, all the cabinets opened up. Everything flew out. As a matter of fact, I've got a uh, picture right here. This is a picture of the bathroom. So when I walked into the bathroom door, as you can see, the toilet is no longer attached to the to the floor. All the stuff that was in uh, the cabinet there uh, to the right uh there of the toilet, the cabinet, and the medicine cabinet. Everything had flown out of both of those and was all on the floor here. Like I said, the toilet dislodged. Uh, if you come back into the cabin, which I don't have that picture um, up here, when you come back into the cabin, same thing. Any cabinet that could open, that did open, everything flew out of it. Um, everything was at the front of the at the front of the the uh, the RV, just a mess. So. I've got to go tomorrow, or I'm sorry, I'm going Thursday to get all that out. So, so what happened? So after that, I get out, uh, check cutie pie. She's fine. She's uh, scared to death, but, uh, she's fine. I'm fine. I unbuckle the seatbelt. I get out. I start imme immediately taking some pictures and, um, I walk around the, the back of the trailer and already there's two cars, two cop cars pulled up. I mean, they were just patrolling both sides of this interstate in this particular area because left and right people were, were going off the road. I mean, I, I sat in the cop car for a little while and listened to the radio and you wouldn't believe how many calls were coming in. So-and-so at, at my mark of this, my mark of that, call the, call this, call the ambulance, call the record, send a record here. I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable. 
So I got out, uh, met the cop. He asked if we were okay, if we needed any medical assistance. I said no. Oh, by the way, when I stopped, when I got in the wreck, my new iPhone 15 that I had just gotten, uh, thank God, it it calls immediately. It detects that you're in a wreck. It calls 911. So 911 uh, called me. Uh, I got that call. All of a sudden, both of my sons are, are texting me because I set them up as my emergency contact. So uh, the, the iPhone system actually contacted both of them and said, you know, Brian Dales was just in a wreck and it pins your location on Google Maps and lets them know exactly where you are and everything. So everybody's uh, 911's calling me. Uh, the cops are there. Um, I'm worried about cutie. I'm, I'm worried about being still stuck kind of halfway in the road a little bit on the interstate. It's freezing cold. Um, my kids are texting me. I'm thinking about, I need to call my insurance company. I want to call my parents and let them know what's going on. Oh man, just, you know, tons of things going through your head. This is the first time I've really been in, in this type of situation. Well, definitely this type of situation. I've been in a car accident, um, many, many years ago. I mean, we're talking early nineties that I was in a, in a pileup on the interstate in a vehicle, but nothing like this. So uh, the cops tell me to get out the car. I said, come sit with them because you're just, you're going to freeze to death. You got no heater out here. It's, it's you're going to get cold very quickly. So I took them up on that. Me and Cutie are sitting in the front seat, <laughs> in the front passenger seat of this guy's uh, SUV, uh, the sheriff there. And um, Kendall Sheriff's Department, I think is what it was. Kimball, Kimball. Sheriff's Department, I think, in, out of Kerrville, Texas there. Shout out to those guys. Um, so he calls he calls a wrecker and he says, you know, you need to get in touch with your insurance company. I said, well, I'll, I'll worry about all that, but just, you know, get me get me out of the road, get me towed, and, and let's get this thing, uh, get, get out of the road and get out of the situation here. So he calls the wrecker and he says, you know, the state of Texas really wants me to give you a ticket for this, but but since, uh, you know, for, for driving – um, too fast for conditions is what the ticket would be uh, stated as. And he said, but, uh, you know, you didn't you didn't cause an accident with any other vehicle. There's no other vehicles involved. Uh, there was no personal or private property or public property involved. So um, all you did was was wreck your vehicle into into the mountain <laughs> into, off the side of the road. So I'm not going to give you a ticket. You're already going through too much. I don't think that's appropriate, even though, even though the state says I, I should. So um, I said, all right, well, I appreciate that, um, which I don't think you should anyway, but I, I appreciate that if you're not going to give me a ticket. So nothing was written up. There was no police report um, that was given to me or anything. So the record comes, um, they start pulling, and I'm, I'm long-winding this thing already. But um, <clears throat> by the way, we were supposed to be going, we were headed on our way to Hobbs, New Mexico, to another brewery called... Um, Drylands uh, Tap Room and, and Brew House, I think is what it was called, a brewing company, Drylands Brewing Company out of Hobbs, New Mexico. But uh, obviously I canceled that stay. So the record comes, uh, they get in the truck and they say, you know, your truck starts. I, I think the truck is drivable. And I said, well, okay, well, let's see what's what's happening. So they actually put the, the truck in four-wheel drive, put it in reverse and back the trailer out of the, out of the shoulder and then pulled the truck around and squared paralleled uh, the truck and the camper up with the interstate again there on the shoulder and lined it up with the with the wrecker. The guy looks up underneath the car and he says, you know, I think, um, like I said, I think you're okay. I looked up underneath. It looks like the only thing you're leaking is is um, washer fluid. I don't think your radiator is damaged. I don't think it's leaking. So it drives. I, I think you're, you know, instead of us towing both of these vehicles and you trying to figure out 
uh, rental car and all that kind of stuff. I think you can drive this vehicle. So I said, all right, well, let's disconnect it. So we disconnected the, the trailer from the truck. They pulled the truck up um, ahead in front of the the wrecker. So it drove around there, you know, got up into in front of the wrecker. They uh, I had to pull my bicycle off the back of the, 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 the travel trailer and I put it inside. They uh, winched the the trailer up onto the wrecker and, and got it all squared away, tied down. The cop said, okay, I think you're good to go. Uh, they gave me, you know, a card for the wrecker service. It was in about 14 miles down the road in Junction, Texas, which is where I am now. Um, I'm going to open this beer, by the way. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, so the cop says, okay, they said you can drive. I'll, I'll, I'll pull you up to your vehicle so that way you don't have to walk up there. And he pulled up parallel to my car, to the truck, and me and Cutie got out. I got Cutie in the back seat. I got my bags and a couple of personal items I had put in the cop car just in case he was going to drive me somewhere and put them back in the truck and started it up and put it in gear. And we pulled out onto the interstate. The car, the truck would never change gears. So we're going and I'm, I'm trying to accelerate and the car just wasn't shifting gears. It was like it was stuck in second or third gear. I feel like it was third gear. So I'm, I'm getting up to about 40 miles an hour, possibly 45, and I'm, I'm pegging out the RPMs. So I'm just saying, okay, this is all I'm going to do. I got my hazards on. I'm, I need to go 14 miles up to the same exit that the wrecker's going, try and find me a hotel right there and just decompress and, and try and figure all this stuff out, right? I just need to get somewhere. I just need to get somewhere warm, get into a hotel room, and and and, uh, and just fucking lay down for a second, right? Next thing I know, out the <laughs> out the passenger side of the hood, I see some steam coming out, some smoke coming out. So I said, the only thing that can possibly be is the uh, is the radiator fluid is leaking. So I start looking over at my temperature gauge. Obviously, the temperature gauge starts going up. Uh, more steam starts coming up. So I've definitely damaged something on the radiator, whether it's a hose, the radiator itself. But I mean, it crushed the front of that truck. So I'm pretty sure it somehow punctured. The radiator, which is fairly new, by the way. So that radiator is only three years old. <laughs> Doesn't matter now. So let's just put a pin in that right there. Let's stop right there for a second. I hate that saying, put a pin in. That's why I said it, because I can't stand that saying. But we're going to open this beer real quick. Uh, what camera are we on? We're going to go to this camera right here. This is a show loosely about craft beer. Um, today it's about a craft conversation about my my travels so far. So just stay where you are. Um we are now in the car driving to Junction on the interstate, Interstate 10, right? Radiator's leaking. I can't go over 45. My my RPMs are pegged out. Well, right now, we're going to open this uh, Tex-Hex from Shiner Brewing Company. Of course, when you're in Texas, you have to drink some Shiner beer. You don't have to, but most people do. A lot of people do. There's, uh, of course, a lot of other breweries in Texas at this point, but Shiner's been around quite a while. I don't know. We'll have to take a look at that. I'm going to share my screen with you here in a second, but... So that's what we're going to drink. Uh, let's share the screen. I'll show you. So we are drinking a Shiner Tex-Hex Brujas Brew. It's actually from Spoitzel Brewing Company. Spoitzel Brewery. Um, I guess it's not Shiner. Or maybe that's where Shiner is brewed. I'm not sure. I'm not real familiar with Shiner. I just know it's a Texas beer. It's an IPA. It's an American IPA. Been a total check-ins of this beer over 18,000 times. Uh, uniquely over 16,000 times. I've never had it before. Monthly check into this beer is about 182 times a month. 
Average rating down there, as you can see, is about a 3.63. It's got uh, over 14,000 ratings. It's a 7% uh, ABV beer. ABV is alcohol by volume, guys, and it's got 60 IBUs, which is international bittering unit. So a lot of times you can you can take that number and figure out how bitter a beer is going to be. The, the higher the number, a lot of times the more bitter that beer is going to be. That doesn't always correlate because just because it has more hops doesn't mean it's going to be more bitter. And we can discuss that, and we have discussed that on another show, but I'm not going to get into it tonight. I'm trying to make this a little short and sweet so I can edit it and get it out. Uh, this is an IPA uh, basically brewed with cactus water and featuring Amarillo hops. So, I mean, let's let's get to it, right? I mean, cactuses, Texas, right? The desert, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas. Amarillo, I've never seen so many Amarillos in my life. And most Amarillos I've ever seen, all the, I'm going to tell you right now, all the Amarillos, all the Amarillos that I've ever seen on the road have been dead. Every single Amarillo has been dead. Matter of fact, me and my buddy Gordon, the elusive Gordon Peters, used to talk about you never see a live armadillo on the road. They're always dead on the side of the road. Coming through Texas, I saw at least 20 armadillos on the side of the road, all live, scurrying, foraging through the grass, looking for scraps of whatever. But So with all that said, Amarillo hops, that makes sense, right? For a Texas beer, you're going to put some Amarillo hops in there. Um, let's see what it says about Schweitzel Brewing Company. If it'll let me go to it, because I'm connected to my... It was founded... Okay, so Shiner is actually a place in Texas. I didn't even know that. But uh, So it was founded in Shiner, Texas, population of 2069 in 1909. Uh, brewing beer with old world traditions and recipes for the many German and Czech settlers in Central Texas. Since then, the brewery has grown to be one of the largest independent craft brewers in the country. With our beer available in all 50 states and Mexico. Oh, comma, with our beer available in all 50 states and Mexico. But every drop of our award-winning beer is still brewed right here in Shiner, Texas, where it all started over 100 years ago. So there you go, folks. This is a, a pretty classic beer. I was going to get the, you can see the, the symbol up here. I was going to get the... Uh, the Shiner Original, that's their original beer right there. I might even go back and get it because I don't think I've ever had that. But uh, we're going to drink this um, this Tex-Hex and see what it's all about. But th there's your history on uh, Shiner. That's pretty cool, right? Shiner, Texas. Didn't even know that was a thing. We'll open this up. I don't have my mic. I don't have a, a glass even, so I can't share a pour with you, but I will share a sip with you or a gulp. Oh, man, that is pretty damn tasty. I wasn't expecting a whole lot, but i tell you what, um, on my rating, uh, let's see, the average rating was, uh, what did I say it was? For the brewery itself, the average rating is a 3.44 over all their beers. The average for this particular beer is a 3.63, and I, I, I could look up and see... Any of my friends that drink it? Yeah, let's do that. So globally, a 3.63 is what the rating is. Uh, let's go to this camera. Uh, and um, my friends, let's see, one of my friends gave it uh, a little over a 3.75. One gave it a 4. My buddy Dennis, uh, 3.75 there. 
3.8. So, you know, my friends uh, seem to like it a little bit, actually. I would say I'm going to give it a 3.75 as it warms up a little bit. As you know, sometimes they get a little bit better. I might even change my rating to a 4 on this one. And, you know, location helps. My brother and I talk about this a lot, <laughs> that sometimes uh, location gets a better rating. So you can drink a beer from the source at the brewery, and, and you gave it a great rating, and the next thing you know, you find one in your hometown somewhere or somewhere else, and you drink, and you're like, oh, not as good as I remember. And sometimes you're just, the beer is accelerated. It gets a better rating. It tastes better. You like it better because of the location that you're at or the concert that you're attending or the people that you're with even or the temperature, you know, what if the sun's out. I mean, you're going to give a rating differently based on any situation, I think, no matter what the beer tastes like. The taste can change situationally. Does that make sense? So, all right. I'll take one more sip. Wet my whistle. Cutie is out, man. She's sleeping. So, back to the story. I'm puttering down the road. Uh, temperature's going up. I'm saying, please, just let me go 14 miles. Just let me get to this damn exit. Don't shut down. It starts sputtering a little bit about 12 miles in. And I'm talking to my son on the phone, as a matter of fact. Uh, not uh, yeah, hands-free, by the way. And um starts sputtering a little bit. I'm like, oh, my God. I, I don't. Just let me make it to this damn exit. Let me just coast into a hotel. Something. So I get to the exit, I pull off, I get to the stop sign, I take a left, and I go down. I'm like, God damn it, there's no hotels around this place. This town sucks. There was like one ga pilot gas station that I saw before I got to the exit. I didn't see any hotel signs, you know, sticking up in the air. I finally pull down the road just a little bit further, and next thing I know, I see a, a roadside inn, a Best Western, not the Best Western, uh, a Best Western, Western uh, hotel, but... Not the best, best Western, let's put it that way. <laughs> and then I see, besides that, is a Holiday Inn Express, which is right here behind us. The Roadway Inn is right here in front of us. The Holiday Inn Express is right behind us. We're, I'm right in the middle. So I actually drove my truck and, and pulled it into the Holiday Inn Express um, parking lot because I'm a Hilton uh, member. Uh, and I figured, why not stay there? I could I could maybe get a deal. I could work something out. I knew they had interior rooms. The other two hotels I saw uh, had exterior rooms. I knew they probably had a little bit better breakfast, you know, different amenity-wise. I figured the Holiday Inn Express would be better. So I give them a phone call. Their rate is $108 a night. I said, well, here's the situation. I've been in an accident. Uh, both my vehicles are probably going to be totaled. I have my entire life uh, possessions are right here with me. Um, and I have a dog. I said, I'm just looking for the best deal I can get for tonight. If there's anything you can do to help me out. The, the girl says, let me put you on hold. Let me ask my manager. She comes back and says, well, we are definitely not a dog friendly hotel. So there's, uh, we can't, if you have a dog, you can't stay here. And I'm like, really? I'm, I've been a Hilton member forever. I've stayed in some of your hotels and I've had a dog. Um, I even had my old service dog harness in the truck that I could have put on and said, well, she's a service dog and I could have stayed there, but I'm, I'm glad I did. And I'll get that to get, to, get to you. And she said, or get that, tell you why in a minute. Um, she says, no, I'm sorry. We, we are just definitely not dog friendly. I, I know the best Western is dog friendly. You might want to give them a call. You're welcome to leave your vehicle in our parking lot. If, if it, if it can't be moved, that's fine. I said, okay, thank you. So I, I called the best Western. Best Western was 89 bucks a night. I gave her my story. 
He said, absolutely. We're dog friendly. We'd love to have you. I'm sorry to hear. Is everybody okay? Um, we would love to have you. We actually have a traveler's rate. I don't know if you can hear that, but, but she's, she's having a, uh, she's having a dream over here. Let's see if I can see, let's see if I can show it to you. Nope. That's the wrong camera. She's having a dream over here on the bed where, God damn it. I can't get it. Oh, I can't. I just can't figure this thing out. She's having a dream over here on the, uh, the bed. She was growling at something. So I don't know, probably growling at me. She's probably mad at me because I almost killed her, but. So anyway, she says, we actually have a, a traveler's uh, rate. So if you actually, if you come in and you were on a wreck, if you were in a wreck and you come in on a wrecker and they drop you off, you know, we give you a special rate, which is uh, 59 bucks a night. And I said, well, I didn't come in on a wrecker, but I can get, I can guarantee you I was in a wreck. And both my vehicles, my entire house was in a wreck. So I can, I can send you pictures of it on the wrecker if you want me to send you a picture of my tra travel trailer on the wrecker. And we can uh, we can work this thing out. So she says, "No, I I I got you. We got you covered. So come on over." So I said, "All right." Gather my possessions. You know, just a limited amount of stuff I packed in a pack back out a backpack out of the trailer. Brought it over. Brought Cutie over her blankets, her food, whatever. We check in for one night at the moment. And I said, "Just give me one night. Let me figure things out, and and I'll readjust as I can as I can think because I can't even think right now." So. We get checked in, we go to the room, and um, yeah, 59 bucks a night, of course, some taxes and stuff, but I mean, what a deal, right? To go from 108 bucks to this place that wouldn't take my goddamn pet when we're in, you know, a, a bad situation, to go down to 59 bucks a night and, and very accommodating, very generous people over here. Um, they have a, a breakfast that was just as good as any breakfast I've had at a Hampton Inn or a Hilton or any of those guys, um, they got a fitness center. They got a pool of courses closed. It's too cold outside. Um, a nice little lounge area with a fireplace. Um, fantastic. You know, the room itself has a, a king bed. It's, it's giant. Plenty of space in here. I mean, you saw I've got space for everything that was in my truck is, is laid out in here. So plenty of room. It's um, It's got a refrigerator. It's got a microwave. It's got a coffee pot. It's got a big screen TV. It's got a tub, shower you know, hair dryer, everything you need right here, man. It's fa it's a fantastic room for 59 bucks. I, I'm not complaining at all. And actually, I had the benefit of an exterior room. And uh, I'll tell you why. So I finally get, uh, I get situated yesterday. I, I, first thing I want to do is just take a shower. Everybody's calling me. Everybody's got questions. I'm getting texts from all the places. I posted on Facebook. So everybody's messaging me, message, messaging me there and Everybody out of the woodworks is trying to figure out what's going on, right? So I said, look, I ain't talking to nobody. I'm not calling the insurance company. I ain't doing shit. I'm taking a shower because I hadn't had a shower since uh, since Thursday, since we left. I said, I'm getting in a hot shower, getting cleaned up before I make any more decisions. So that's what I did. I got all cleaned up. After that, I put my clothes back on. I walked down the street. Actually, I got in the car. Cause I wanted to move the car over here. I knew it would drive. Um, it just overheat if I went too far. So I got back in the truck, drove it over here, or I, actually I drove it uh, about a tenth of a mile up to the gas station, got me a subway sandwich. Yes, I'm, I'm doing carnivore, but I said, fuck it. I'm getting a goddamn subway sandwich. Got me a foot long. I ate the second half today. Um, I got me a six pack of, uh, some IPAs, a different one than the one I just shared with you. 
um, a couple other odds and ends and, uh, and drove back over here. I went back out in the car a little bit later <laughs> after I called the insurance company. So I called the insurance company. I got the whole what's, what's what. Um, I'll get back to them in a second. But I got back in the car later. I went to Dairy Queen. Only thing here is a Dairy Queen, these three hotels, three gas stations right here, the Dairy Queen, a Sonic, and the subway inside the gas station. So this is it right here within walking distance of, of where I am. Nothing else here in Junction at this juncture, <laughs> right? So I come back. I, I got me a, uh, I got me a few chicken fingers, some slicey chicken fingers, and I got me a Butterfinger Blast because I was just uh, craving a milkshake because I needed some comfort, you know? So I finally uh, got with my parents, I got with my kids, I got with everybody that was trying to get in contact with me, answer some questions. I got with the insurance company, the insurance company. I've only got liability on my truck, so they said, you're pretty much screwed on your on your truck. You know, any repair or towing or rental car, anything you need is is on you because you didn't have the, the proper coverage to cover something like this. So the only thing my insurance covers is if I was in a wreck with somebody else and it was my fault, then the insurance would cover the other drivers. So the truck is on me. The camper is um, fully covered. So I get a little bit of a stipend or for, uh, for lodging and for food and stuff like that from the insurance company for the trailer. The trailer is covered for towing. So the towing is covered to, to where it is now. And uh, it's, it's covered whether they repair it or whether it's um, totaled. So they sent a... Uh, or they surveyed the pictures that I sent them and they said, they called me back today and said, yes, Mr. Dales, um, it doesn't look like, uh, we're going to cover any repairs because it's going to be more than what the, the trailer is worth. So we're going to total the trailer. What you'll need to do is figure out a way to get over there, get everything unloaded from the trailer, all your possessions. So we can have it sent to a salvage yard and salvage it. We'll get another claims uh, person to, to be in touch with you and uh, tell you what the what the payout is going to be. You know, the value of the travel trailer that they assess will be sending you a check and, and, and paying you that value. So I didn't get paid for the repairs because we didn't repair it, but I'm going to get paid the, the assessed value of the travel trailer as compensation from the insurance company. Again, the truck is on me. They ain't paying shit. They ain't towing shit. They ain't doing shit for that truck. So as of right now, as far as the uh, the truck goes, I've got it all emptied. Everything that was in that truck, in the bed, and in, in, in the interior, is laid out in this um, in this hotel room, and that's why it was lucky that I didn't stay at the other fucking hotel because they didn't want me anyway, and it was more expensive. Had interior rooms. It was lucky I got over here at a better rate in an exterior room because I parked my truck literally right in front of this door, and I was able to shuttle everything from the interior of the truck and the bed of the truck easily into the hotel room within a matter of about 45 minutes. So the, the truck is entirely cleaned out. None of my possessions are left in there whatsoever. It is ready to be picked up. The only thing I have to do is I have to go uh, out and take the uh, license plate off, but I don't have a tool for the license plate. It's a star, um, one of those star tool things. So I don't have one of those tools at the moment. I won't have that until I get to the trailer and get all my tools out of the trailer. So... 
I have listed, um, I was going through some stuff trying to figure out what to do with the car because I don't want to tow it back to South Carolina. That's an expense I don't need because between that expense and the expense to fix it, I think it's going to be more than what the vehicle's worth. I'm just going to total it. I'm going to try and sell it and get it uh, out of my hair. So I called some salvage companies around here, some garages. They wanted to give me, you know, two, three hundred dollars for it. I went online and, and went through uh, cash for cars. You know, you see those signs all over the place. We'll pay cash for your car. I called them. They have offered me uh, a little over 1400 bucks for the car. I've also listed the vehicle here locally in Junction on Marketplace. And before I started this show, and I probably should be looking at these, I probably have 24, 25, 24. I probably have 30 uh, different requests so far. And one I saw said, I'll take it as is right now. Call me, please, immediately, please call me. So I think I might have sold it and I put it on there for 3500 bucks. So hopefully I'm going to be getting um, somebody to come pick this thing up and take it out of my hands for $3,500. Add that to whatever I'm going to get for the trailer. And, and that's what I'll be using mostly to uh, to acquire some new vehicles and try and get back on the road. Yes, I will be getting back on the road. When and when and where and how haven't figured all that out yet, but that's in the future. I'm in the present right now, so the present right now is trying to sell this truck. That's my my first thing. Um, I've got a U-Haul set up already for Thursday. Um, I'm not going to go through the details on that. I had some run around on that for a second, but um, I got that all squared away. I'm picking that up. It's within walking distance, a 45 mile or 45 minute walk from here. So Thursday, I'll walk down pick up the U-Haul, go to the tow yard where the, my RV is stored. I'm going to back the U-Haul in there. I'm going to take everything that I own my entire life out of uh, out of the RV and pack it up into that U-Haul. And then I'm going to give them the keys and say, there you go. That's the, 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 the RV is yours. I'll see you later. Kiss goodbye. Um, also, I get to take any pictures of any damaged items that I might have, personal items, and they'll reimburse me for those items as well. If, they, if I can put a value to it, I'm covered for like 10000 bucks on my stuff on the interior of the RV. Don't know why I didn't put comp and collision on my truck. I mean, it's paid off. I figured all I needed was liability insurance on it. I was never going to be in a wreck, blah, blah, blah. You know, yell at me through the screen all you want. But uh, next vehicle, obviously, I'll have comp and collision on it. So I won't have to worry about all this extra bullshit. Everything will just be taken care of with the insurance company. So that's a little bit of a headache. But uh, anyway, <clears throat> I'll drive the U-Haul back over to here. I'll pack. I, I, again, this hotel has been fantastic. I went to the front desk and I said, look, I, I need to get uh, all my belongings into a U-Haul. So do you have any boxes you could spare instead of me having to go to a store and buy boxes and tape them together and all this bullshit, build them? They gave me a shit ton of boxes over here. I think everything that I pulled out of the truck that's not already in a bin or a box, I should be able to, to pack up into these boxes with, with some to spare. I'm going to see if they even have more. So I'll pull everything back over here. I'll box everything and organize everything, get everything packed up in the in the U-Haul. I'll check out of here as soon as I feel like it. Uh, I got the, the hotel set up for a week at the moment at, at the $59 rate. And then I'm going to hit the U-Haul back on the road, and they've given me uh, six days to go from here back to Somerville, South Carolina at a military rate, uh, which is a, a much better rate than what the 
the original rate was that they were going to charge me to go from here to South Carolina. So, you know, right around a thousand bucks or so to, to get me back over there, get unloaded, and then I'll start looking for new vehicles. So that's, that's the whatnot, you know, that's what's going on. That's, that's, that's the lowdown. That's the, uh, um, the scuttlebutt, as my, my good friend Jeff Rainey used to say back at Scott Air Force Base, the scuttlebutt. That's, uh, what's going, that's what's happening, you know. Uh, my Eagles, uh, got toasted last night. Um, so did the, the Cowboys. So that's good. I still got money on the, the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. So maybe, maybe that luck will pay out, but that's all I got. I'm going to go and see if I can answer some of these, uh, Facebook messages and, um, on Marketplace and maybe, I've got some even room to, to go even higher on the price I listed on there. If I got enough people to say, no, I want it. No, I want it. No, I want it. I said, well, name your price, dude, and you can have it. So hopefully some of these people can come pick it up and I'll get an even better price than what cash for cars is going to give me. But that's the lowdown. Let me answer some of these messages. I appreciate you guys listening, watching if you did. And, uh, that's, that's the, that's what's going on here in Junction, Texas. We're at 53 minutes. Um, cheers to all you guys out there. Stay safe on the roads. Check your car insurance, your RV insurance, see what you're covered for. Make sure you got the right coverage for you. That would be my lesson for today. And, um, you know, also, if the roads are a little icy, maybe stay off of them. I don't know. That's up to you. That's your own decision. But, okay, guys, that's it. I love you. Thank you. I'm sorry it's been so long since I've talked to you. Again, I'm Brian. I'm your host. Uh, check me out on Craft Conversations. I'll be posting most of my um, adventures, my travels, all the pictures, photos, videos, whatever will go up on Instagram and on Facebook. So love you, and we will talk to you soon as always.